Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we're going to break down the Waste Management. Very big event, a lot of big names. Even though there are a lot of big names overseas this weekend, we have a huge, a top-heavy, very top-heavy tournament here in Waste Management in Scottsdale, Arizona. What we're going to do here is just break down this course. So if you're if in this, this tournament, really, if you're here for the first time, welcome. Maybe you're new to me from finding me. I usually cover NFL, NBA, some different sports. PGA, I, I covered it in the majors last year for the most part. Some other events like the Greenbrier. This year, going to be covering all the major just events, maybe some, some things overseas as well. Uh, and then just a lot of uh, tour events like this one at the Waste Management. So welcome back if you're somebody returning subscriber. Thank you. I appreciate you if you're brand new here. Welcome. It is very nice to meet you. I do have exclusive content over on Patreon if you're interested. More po- podcasts and these stat sheets updated. That usually releases on Thursday morning if the event is not a early morning event. If it is, then we'll release it on Wednesday afternoon slash evening. Please do hit the subscribe button before we get into it. And also check out my social medias if you're indeed interested. You can find all that stuff linked up down below as well as some DFS strategy guides that I've made uh, totally free down below as well. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go through each pricing range, talk about some things. Obviously, we'll focus the most, the top heavy aspect of this on the the guys that are $8,000 and above, which is a loaded field, especially if you're looking at $9,000 dollars and above so we'll go through it we'll look at all that um and before we do i just want to um quickly say and really just show appreciation for everybody saying a lot of positive feedback on these golf videos so far and the podcast so thank you continue to give me any feedback that you might have on them um we'll continue to make them better as much as we can so tpc scottsdale is a par 71 it is 7261 yards uh par 71 makes it a little bit more difficult there it's not just um, a 72 and, and with a, a longer distance on it, but it was a 24th out of uh, 48 on this tour, most difficult course. So it's right around average Bermuda greens. Um, some things that I saw when I was looking at it that were pretty key, scrambling and sand save uh, percentages are going to be big here. There are a ton of bunkers, some of the most on on uh, tour. T to green, ball striking, some things that we're usually looking at every single week. Par 5 scoring, as there are some really easy and scorable par 5s. There is a, a very easable, easy uh, par 4 on this one as well that you can reach, potentially drive the green on, on the par 4. So that's somewhere that you can pick up some more. Um, strokes as well but then also a par four is somewhere between 400 450 450 and 500 as well we're looking like areas with some of the longer par fours on this course that you have to get low on to kind of win this thing at the end of the day so whoever gets top of the putter like usual here there is going to be some interesting spots where on 17 there's going to be water to the left there's going to be situations where a lot of things like we saw last year can absolutely change as the day comes to an end especially when the weekend comes and the pressure is on for a lot of these golfers so Starting in the 10K and above range, man, it's hard to kind of pick out guys that you don't like in this range. So Rom right now is the favorite six to one. Justin Thomas nine to one. I'm assuming just because Rom came in second last week, almost made the stride to win last week, but it ended up not closing it out. Uh, but Justin Thomas, last time we saw him, I mean, he finished third here last year. Last time we saw him, 17th in 2018, uh, won earlier this year. It's a spot where he's 9-1, to one, and I think that might actually be a good number on him in this situation. I prefer Justin Thomas to Rom this week. You're getting a slight discount. It's pretty much a pick him at that point. Rom in his four events here has finished at worst T16, a T10 last year, a T11 and 18, and then a T5 and 15 was his best finish. He's number one in par fours from 450 plus. He's number one in par four scoring. Number Number two in Eagles gain, number three in birdie or better. 
He's fine with the putter right now. He's top eight in all the other statistically significant categories like tee to green, ball striking off the tee. He's fantastic. I don't have anything negative really to say against him. If you wanted to choose John Rahm over Justin Thomas, I'm fine with that. Justin Thomas right now is number one tee to green player, number three ball striker. He's number three in DraftKings points. There's so many things I could say. He is a number four par four scorer. He is right now number one in opportunities game, number one in par five scoring. There's a lot of things like about both these guys. I'll give the slight edge. You get somewhat of a slight savings. Uh, maybe it's just my biases and personally liking Justin Thomas more. like both of these guys a lot. Um, they both are as great as they are. And I think that getting to one of them feels pretty good for these types of lineup builds. <clears throat> Ricky Fowler would be my guy in the 10K plus range that I'll get away from. The defending champ here. This is a guy with three top five finishes over the last four years here. His worst finish in the last four years was T11 in 2018. I get it. I get how good he's been in those situations, but he hasn't been as great this year. Uh, he's number, uh, I mean, last year he, he pretty much got hot and absolutely just went unconscious with the putter. He's 111th in opportunities game. He's 46 in par fives right now. There's not a lot of stuff that stands out. 27th putting is okay. 64th in approach. Uh, not a lot that stands out for me to want to pay this tag when you're so close to Justin Thomas and Ron mom's price and then some of these guys below him i think webb is somebody that i like i have him as a yes right now finished second here in 2017 last year most recent data that we have on him here was t20 he's a number one total strokes game player right now uh, on tour he's been absolutely great with the putter number three overall he's number two in DraftKings points number five in birdies are better number three in par four scoring there's just so many things scrambling i mentioned as a key stat he's top 10 in that category so many things stand out here for webb and i do think he has the upside to go low and finish t5 yet again like he did in 2017 with the upside of winning this thing his scoring average, if you're looking back to a, a bigger sample dating back to last year, is the best right now out of all these 8K and above players. Hideki stands out as well. He's more of a secondary option. So the guys I like the most in 10K and above are Justin Thomas and Webb Simpson, and then John Rahman Hideki would slide in after that. Hideki's won this event in 2017 and 16, finished T2 in 2015. Last year, the most recent sample, he finished 15th overall. There's not much terrible things to say about him either. 10 1, you're getting a very nice discount of 1,000 plus off of the ROM and Justin Thomas's. I would definitely prefer Decky to Ricky Fowler at this point. Top five T to green player in the world right now on tour. He's 50th in strokes game putting. So that's one spot that if he gets hot there, you're probably going to see him um, finish in, in a T10 or better in this spot. 30 seconds scrambling. It's just a situation where the guys above him I have a little bit more interest in. Nothing totally negative to say about Hideki. Xander T10 last year here at T17 and 18. We'll see if he can continue to build on these finishes uh, and trends of improving here over the last two years. He's sixth in par five scoring, seventh in par four scoring. A lot of things to like here. He's a top tee to green player in the world, ball striking off the tee, all that stuff. I like the fact that he's 18 to one odds to win this thing. His odds to win this are actually better, depending on where you look, but better than Hideki's by a decent amount. So I think you're getting a probably price discount of 300 or so on Xander, probably a 10K player that just isn't 10K in this field. So if you did want to pull the trigger on somebody in the 9K range, either to start your lineups with or get to at this point, I wouldn't be totally against uh, starting it with Xander. Tony Finau has been hot as of late. He's been terrible here. He's missed the last four cuts. He finished T22 and 15. He's been absolutely terrible here. He's been playing overseas and been playing fine. We saw him last week. Had uh, an, a good finish. Another situation, pretty much pretty standard fee now being up there in the leaderboards, but not really being able to close out. It's just a situation where everything looks good for him right now. It's just, I don't want to play him here. I don't. At 9,600, I think he'll continue to be popular. He's just a popular player in the DFS format. Um, we'll see what all the podcasts say about him. But he's top 10 in ball striking. Top four, He's number four in T to green. He's a lot of things stand out. Terrible with the putter right now, 111th in the world. That's not great. Um, he's okay, and he's really good actually in par four scoring. It gets worse when it goes uh, further distance around the 450 range. It starts to slide a lot down. He's top 10 in opportunities gained, top 10 in greens and regulations. There's a lot of numbers I could point out that look good for him. The reason I'm not playing him, he is terrible here. There's other situations where at 9,600, there's other things that stand out pretty with eyesores as well. Um, 
mainly the 111th in putting, things like that. So I can't go through every single player specifically. On this front page, I have a lot of notes on players. On the next couple of pages, I won't. But Finau's a guy that I don't really have much interest in. In this range, Xander stands out. And then Colin Morikawa stands out. So he hasn't played here yet. Not a ton of people have not played here. I think it's like 10 and actually won the tournament. But these are types of players that we're getting now that are, are a different caliber, I would say, especially Morikawa. And at 9,200, I don't need you to outright win the thing. You give me a T10, and I'll absolutely be fine with that. He's ninth in good drives right now. You're seeing him be a fine sand save player at this point. He's third in opportunities gained. And when you come to all of his statistically significant numbers, like I like to call them, second T to green, fourth in ball striking, number one in approach, eighth in DraftKings points. I mean, it's the guy in this range that I like the most is Morikawa. Yes, I know he hasn't played here, but I'm absolutely fine with that. I like getting to him. Some of the other players in the range, if you want to know where I'm at on them, like Woodland won here in 2018, T7 last year, like Bubba with the T4 last year, finished second here in 15. I do have some notes on them. I um, just want to make this video consumable and somewhere around the 20-minute mark. So in the 8K range, somebody who stands out off the top is Sunjay M, um, a situation where fourth in DK points, top 10 putter right now. That's good to see. You're seeing him top 30 and some other numbers like T to green and ball striking. Uh, second in birdie or better, 10th in par four scoring. Can he win in this field is the big question mark. And I don't think he can actually pick up a number and win here. Can he get hot and just finish something like last year, like a T7? I think so. So at 8,800, I do have interest. He's not my favorite player in this range, but I do have a lot of interest. My favorite player in this range right now is Victor Hovland. It's not even close. I, I have him right here as 45 um, to 1 odds to win this. He's in the range in a lot of other books as 50 to 1. Very similar to my takes on Colin Morikawa, except Hovland is $800 cheaper. Hovland is coming from playing overseas last week, similar to Bryson. I think the only two players in the field. You have him right now as a top five player in T to green. Number two in ball striking. Number five in approach. Number one off the tee. The guy's been absolutely fantastic. He's great everywhere else. Number one in opportunities game. Top 10 par five score. 11th in par four scoring. There is not a lot of holes in this guy's game. And at 8,400, he kind of stands out above the rest. You can play the narrative of, oh, he's young. Not a lot of guys have won here the first time. Again, at this price range, we do not need you to win here. If you do, fantastic. Continue to be the number 11th guy or whatever. But we don't need you to win here at this point. The one issue where that he does have is scrambling, sand save, when that stuff comes into play. So that does actually factor in here a decent amount for me. But at 8,400, I think it's enough to wait it out. Um, the 45 to 50 to 1 number on, on Victor Hovland is, is pretty eye-opening to me and very confusing. Scotty Scheffler right there next to him. I think at 8,500, you can tell me I'm going to go Scotty Scheffler over Hovland if Hovland picks up a lot of ownership in DFS tournaments. I think that makes sense. You've, you've seen Scotty Scheffler been very solid, top 20 right now in T to green approach, ball striking. He's number 10 in good drives. A lot of his game is 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 put together right now and playing well. He got to play in the swing season. He's top 10 in par four scoring. It moves to number two when you look 400 to 450. Uh, Scheffler and Victor Hovland in that 8K range stand out a lot to me. I prefer both of them over Sun JM actually. Matt Wolf, another young guy. This is just a range of young guys, similar to last week. Finished T50 here last week. Seventh in distance. Very bad scrambler, 109th right now, but he's 12th in opportunities gained. You get the guy who scores very well on par fours, especially the further the distance. Makes sense with the driver that he has, 450 to 500. It's a situation where he's been average in a lot of other spots like T to green and ball striking. Well, above average, but average amongst his top end peers. I would put Matt Wolf as my fourth option in this range. I would go Hovland, Scheffler, Im, and then Wolf as of right now. Getting into the 7K range, we're going to see I don't have a lot of it um, nowhere near as filled out as above because, I mean, those are the guys that we care the most about. These are the guys that I'll break down into specific players and look more into, starting with um, Benny Ann. I mean, Benny Ann right now at 80-1 to 1 to win this tournament, 7600 seems like a really nice price. You have the guy that's he's gained strokes putting in his last four. He gained 7.2 strokes gained putting at the Farmers. I mean, absolutely blew up there. 
top 20 tee to green, number fifth around the greens, uh, which is very big here of a stack uh, around the green play was seen to pop a little bit for me uh, when I looked at it. 16th in par fours and then seventh in scrambling. So look, if you're going to get him gaining seven strokes like he did at the Farmers, that's not fantastic. But 80 to one outright betting looks good here on him. Um, I do have interest, not a slam dunk. Again, a guy who's playing here for the first time, uh, but I think it's a spot that I do actually uh, like Benny Ann. Rory Sabatini, a guy who has had success here, T22 and 15, uh, moderate success, and then T31 and 18. He's been playing very sound. His game right now is solid everywhere. There's not a lot of spots that I can point out over his last five, six, seven, eight, ten events that he's just absolutely blown up in one situation. If he's losing strokes, if he's missing the cut, it's barely. And if he's losing strokes, it's a situation where he's losing one stroke putting. Nothing absolutely terrible. He's losing a half a stroke here on around the green plane and a half a stroke off the tee or something like that, right? Right now, his game looks very good. You can look at that by showing 14th overall tee to green, 13th around the green, 15th in opportunities. Lots of things look nice. He can sand save. Uh, He's a guy who can scramble. I think Rory at 7,300 is a pretty solid play. Then these guys back-to-back, $7,300 Emmanuel Grillo and Lanto Griffin at 7,200. You're getting Grillo right now. Strokes gain putting. He actually gained uh, or, or lost strokes. He picked up strokes in a positive way at the Sony 1.1, finished T21 there. If you get that at all at 7,300, if you get Grillo doing anything with the putter, he's going to be completely fine. Before that, though, he gained on average four and a half strokes putting over six out of his last seven events. That is terrible. If you get that, 7,300 is probably going to miss the cut for you. Grillo so far here over the last four years has made the cut every year, worth noting. Uh, he's number one ball striker player right now. He's number two in approach, number seven T to green. You know the deal here. Can he just gain strokes like he did at the Sony at all? Just don't go absolutely catastrophic and lose a bunch of strokes. Can he gain strokes putting is the big key here. Lanto Griffin at 7,200. Been popular as of late. First time playing here. We'll see how popular he gets here. Um, he gained strokes putting in three of his last, or he's lost strokes putting three of his last four. That's not great. We can see if he can get that back. Very similar to Grillo in that aspect that he needs his putter to do something. But he's not has not been as solid or elite, I would say, in the ball striking and approach department as Grillo. But he's been pretty good everywhere else. 31st in tee to green play for his price. That's very good. Uh, 19th in putting overall. Second in par five scoring. 10th in eagles gained, which is going to be pretty significant here with these par fours and the par or par fives and the par four that is drivable and scorable. And then Carlos Ortiz, a couple other guys. Carlos Ortiz stands out um, at 7,100 here, 33rd tee to green, 13th around the green. It's not a play that I like a lot. Maybe if you're playing 20 lineups, you get one or two of him. Eight top 10 scrambler looks okay. Kyle Stanley, Matt Jones, other names that popped a little bit for me. I don't have any really deep interest in them. They're guys that, again, if you're playing 20 lineups and you need to change up the value you're getting, you don't really like any of the value in the 7K range all that much, just spread them all out. Stanley has not been fantastic here. Missed the cut three out of the last five years. Matt Jones has not played here in two years, but made the cut all three previous years to that if we go to the 6k range now there's a decent amount of options here i have five guys start early on between 6900 and 6500 we'll finish up 6400 to 6000 flat on the next sheet but before we do be sure to check out my patreon exclusive content if you're indeed interested follow me on twitter for updates at salvage dfs instagram as well and 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 hit the subscribe button on the audio version right now and also if you're watching on the youtube channel why not hit that subscribe button so similar to Tony Finau, except he's a lot cheaper. And when I say a lot cheaper, I mean $3,000 cheaper. Is Cameron Tringali, who has not had success here. Did not play here last year. Four straight cuts before that. I have him as a yes right now. Maybe this is bold. Now, if you are a player who factors course history a lot, um, and I do think this course actually does benefit cal- higher caliber players. You see a lot of great players being on the top of the leaderboards here. Um, and a lot of great players just being there down the stretch on this course. And I think it's a situation where you could really blow up on this course. So it probably comes mentality, confidence, mental game, all that into the weekend, which is usually a lot of uh, veteran players and some of the best players at that point, because that's how they got there are 
the best in that category of the mind state side of the game. So maybe Tringali is just not there right now, but his game has been a lot better than we've seen it really maybe ever at this point. It's been solid all around. Um, he's pretty above average. He's 35th, right around top 40 in par five scoring and opportunities game. Uh, he's right around a top 20 scrambler. 18th in par four scoring 35th in par fives you're seeing him as a top 20 t to green player and when you get to the 6k range anytime that you see a player so high like top 30 or so in t to green it's worth breaking more down into them he's good on approach which is important here 18th so maybe my guess is a little bit aggressive for him in this range you're just trying to weed out these 6k guys in at least this 6k range that i like so i have him maybe he's a maybe for you guys but i do like him Seb Straka, uh, Kevin Schillman, both at 6,800 stand out. Uh, you saw that Straka missed the cut last week. Schillman here last time finished T50 and T40s, made the cut back-to-back times, three to five times here as well. Another player is playing very good right now. Now, he lost strokes putting in his last four, so that's not good. That's a situation where you're going to need him if you want to make the cut to be okay with the putter and just not be losing strokes because he's number nine T to green, 11th ball striking, 10th in approach. He's the fourth in sand save percentage. A lot of things look good here. 21st in par five scoring um, or par four scoring, 56th in par five scoring, which when you're down this low, it's actually an okay number when you're above half the field. So Kevin Strillen stands out to me, um, not with any type of just above these other guys around him is the best way to say that really not with any type of conviction do i have in playing him but his game has been very good as of late doc redman a guy i feel like i always am getting to has not played here over the last five years at all he's number five in good drives um he's 105th in par five so that's not great to see but there's some things that are nice to see again 22nd t to green player at a price tag of 6600 worth looking more into then you find that he's sixth in ball striking sixth off the tee that's good he's 27 to par five scoring but he gets much better as the distance goes on and becomes a top 20 player when you start to look at some of the key areas of 400 to 450 and 450 to 500 for this type of a course Trey Mullinex at 6,500 is the last guy on the sheet. Finished T15 here last year. It's very scary to look at him because he's just so inaccurate. Like he's the number one driving distance player as of right now to this week in the field. And he is one of the worst accuracy players. Like, I mean, bottom 10% in the field, well, bottom 5% even, but he's top 10 in ball strike or top 30 in ball striking. He's 16th in opportunities gained. And you're seeing a guy who is a top 25 player in power five scoring at 6,500, had the success here last year. I don't feel great about it at all. If I had to rank this range for you guys, I'd probably go Cameron Tringale, uh, Kevin Streelman, and then some sort of mixture of Doc Redman, Molinex, and Straka after that. Getting into the last page here, my goal is to keep these videos around, I don't know, 18 to 22 minutes on average. 20 minutes seems to do the best when I do that for NBA. On this final page, you know what you're looking for here. I'll also point out actually on this final page that Zach Sucher, I believe it is pronounced, um, he did make, he did qualify on Monday along with two other players. So be sure to follow that. They've not put him yet as I'm recording this into the player pools, but he's the guy on Twitter that got a lot of the DFS community pretty hyped. But it's, it's worth noting that he had a Monday qualified last week for the Farmers, and then he played all four because he, he hit the, he made the cut. He played all four days at the Farmers. Then he had a Monday qualify for this event, the Waste Management, on Monday of this week. So he's been playing a lot of golf. Now, of course, the DFS community loves him right now, and his Twitter game right now is absolutely fantastic, and it's fun to watch. But just keep in mind that uh, he'll probably be overowned because of that, but also that he's been playing a ton of golf. I mean, he's been playing pretty much five-day events because of these Monday qualifiers over the last two weeks. But needless to say, he is in the field if indeed you want somebody to root for. He is a very good player to be rooting for. Um, just a, a lot of fun behind that one. Troy Merritt, interesting to look at, stands out a little bit here. He's made the cut two of the last three times. He's not played here in the last two years. Um, his rank in the world right now, his Vegas odds, they look fine for where the price is. It's just throwing darts on him, though. There's not much to say outside of he's pretty much average in some areas, terrible in others, like a lot of guys at this point. Scott Harrington at 6,200. I think he stands out. Hasn't played here since 2015 where he got cut. He's 33rd in tee to green numbers, 34th ball striking, and 17th off the tee. 
for a guy right now who is 6,200, who is somewhere around like the 120th player in a field of 132, these are pretty good numbers. 33rd on par fours from 400 to 450. Top 30 in par five scoring. He lost 2.2 um, strokes putting at the Farmers, and that pretty much led to him being cut. If you get him just playing fine, even for the first two days of this event to make the cut after the 36 holes on Friday, in uh, really it's going to come from the putter. If you get him being okay there, you're going to be fine with somebody making the cut at 6,200 for you, and that's really all you can ask for at that point. Mark Hubbard stands out. He's played here twice, hasn't played here in two years, made the cut both times, T42 and 17, T60 and 16. Um, other guys that just stand out in this range. Steve Stricker at 6,100. Maybe my wild card, look, he's 350 to 1 odds to win this thing. He's below guys like Colt Knox who are 1,000 to 1 odds. His price point right now is probably a couple hundred dollars too cheap based on his Vegas odds to win this. But you're getting a guy who's 27th in T to green. He's literally right now a one of the last players in this field, but he's top 30 in T to green. He's the number three approach player in the world. He's gaining pretty much every single week on approach um, strokes. He's uh, gaining putting over the last three weeks. Now, before that, he was losing a lot of strokes putting, but that's what you're going to get variance, especially down here. So it's good to see that you're on the positive side of that right now. He's 15th in fairways hit. He's 59th in par five scoring, which doesn't sound great. But again, he's like the 125th player in this field right now. He's 40th in par four scoring. So right now, uh, Steve Stricker is a guy that I'm looking at and have a good amount of interest in. He has played here four times since 2015, made the cut two out of those four times. T31 finished in 18, T42 finished in 17. You get any one of those finishes. You just get him to make the cut here um, at 6,100. I, I think I do like him. And where not only the, the course history of making it two out of four times, I don't really factor that too much as much as it's good to say for the context, I would say, um, and just to show they have experience here. It's more so about the fact of his price point and how he's playing right now. So that's where I'm at. Um, that is just position or salary range by salary range some interest that i do like i'll put it back to the top page if you guys want to look at that this will be updated probably wednesday night slash thursday morning with a podcast episode as well so you can check that out my final thoughts there where my exposures are going to be lying thank you so much for tuning into this video please do hit that subscribe button and check out my exclusive content and do follow me over on twitter hit me up with a hey what's up either in the dms you can at me on Twitter at Salvage DFS. Let's have a conversation over there about DFS, about DFS golf, about the waste management this week. Very excited for that. I'll also be on the Awesome channel later today. So if you're watching this a couple days later, I'm shooting this on Tuesday morning. Then you can check out the replay of that with Ben Raza talking about the waste management. So thank you so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Peace out, game. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.